Welcome to Whole Healthy Living with your host, Sharon Brennan. Our show will provide the expert information you need to clean up your body and environment to live a vibrant life. You'll learn about harmful toxins, detoxification, proper nutrition, and much more. Learn how you can live clean in our toxic world. Now, here is Sharon Brennan. Welcome to Whole Healthy Living, Clean Living in a Toxic World. I'm your host, Sharon Brennan, licensed and board-certified holistic health coach and nutritionist. It's my intention to bring insight and create awareness on the many different sources of toxins we are exposed to daily and how they're affecting our health. Today, we'll start with our food supply and nutrition, the many myths and the wrongful information that have disconnected us from traditional diets that support healthy living. Convenience, sugar, chemical ingredients that can't even be pronounced, genetically modified foods, extrusions, and more are part of today's standard American diet, which is nothing more than toxic, denatured, adulterated slop we call food that should be nourishing our bodies for good health, but are rather causing more disease and sickness than ever before. I'd like to welcome my guest speaker, Sally fallon Morell, founding president of Weston A. Price Foundation and a campaign for real milk. Sally is the author of best-selling cookbook, Nourishing Traditions with Mary Innig, Ph.D., and is co-author of many other books, including Eat Fat, Lose Fat, Nourishing Broth, and Nourishing Traditions Book of Baby and Child Care. Welcome, Sally. Thanks so much for being on the show with me today to discuss traditional diets versus today's standard American diet. Well, thank you, Sharon. I'm very pleased to be here, and I'm I congratulate you on your show. Thank you so much, Sally. So share with us and share with the listeners who Weston A. Price was and what propelled you into starting the Weston A. Price Foundation. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll try to be brief. <laughs> so Dr. Weston Price was a dentist who back in the 30s and 40s traveled throughout the world to study uh, the health and the diets of isolated what he called primitive people, traditional people. And he found 14 groups that had excellent dental health. Remember, he was a dentist, and that means no cavities and no deformities. They all had beautiful, broad, straight teeth. And by all he could determine, excellent overall health. And then he looked at their diets. And he wrote this book up in a wonderful book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, which I read in the 70s when I was starting out my own family. And I applied these principles, which included uh, lots of good animal fats and organ meats and seafood, uh, to my children's diets. And they were all very healthy and much healthier than I had been as a youngster. So then in the uh, 1990s, I decided to write a cookbook that put Dr. Price's findings into practical form for the public. That came out in 1996, Nourishing Traditions. And then in 1999, Dr. Ennig and I and a few others decided we needed an organization to provide accurate information on nutrition and health, and particularly to counteract all this propaganda for low-fat diets or the propaganda against cholesterol and saturated fat. So this was formed in 1999, 
And today, 2015, the organization is widely respected for providing this information. We have about 15,000 members, huge website, westonaprice.org, and we publish a quarterly journal, put on a yearly conference. So we are completely dedicated to providing the life-saving information that people need. Okay, that's great. Um, so Dr. Price analyzed and studied primitive diets, and the common denominator amongst each was that they all contained at least four times the quantity of minerals and water-soluble vitamins than the American diet, and they also contained at least 10 times the amount of fat-soluble vitamins found in animal fats, including vitamin A and D. Um, I, I know that oftentimes now when people go to their physicians, they're actually being tested for vitamin D deficiency. Um, I know vitamin A is also uh, something that our population is deficient in um, frequently and uh, especially in the U.S. because of these you know, low-fat, no-fat diets. Um, yes, right, right. So... Let's talk about vitamin A for a minute. Okay. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Well, just going back to what you were saying, very well put, Sharon. And we, uh, you know, all these diets that these people were different. He studied the Eskimos and South Sea Islanders and Swiss people and Gaelic people. And all of them had different foods that they were eating. So Dr. Price was looking for the common denominator and he took these foods home to his laboratory and analyzed them. And what he found was these diets were extremely nutrient dense, much more minerals, water soluble vitamins, and many, many times more um, fat soluble vitamins than the American diet. So starting with vitamin A, uh, this is a vitamin that is absolutely critical for growth for the formation of the fetus in the womb, for healthy bones, healthy eyes, skin. It's critical for hormone production. We can't make any of the sex hormones without vitamin A. And unfortunately, there is a huge amount of misinformation about vitamin A. Uh, The first thing is people think you can get vitamin A from plant foods uh, by the conversion of carotenes in plant foods. And this is just not correct. We convert these carotenes uh, very poorly. Uh, About half the population doesn't have the enzymes for converting them to vitamin A at all. And we need to get the true vitamin A. And then comes the second myth that vitamin A is toxic and that we shouldn't be eating vitamin A rich foods because vitamin A is toxic and this is not correct either. Uh, So where do we get vitamin A? Well we get vitamin A from the very foods we're told not to eat. Liver, butter, egg yolks, especially if the animals are outside eating green grass. We get vitamin A from uh, certain kinds of seafood. We get vitamin A from animal fats. So uh, These are the foods that we absolutely need and that are particularly important for pregnant women so they can have the vitamin A necessary for optimal fetal development. So we're, we're really big on things like cod liver oil, which provides vitamin A, on eating butter and cream and whole dairy products, cheese from pastured animals getting your eggs every day, eggs from pastured animals, uh, so you can get adequate amounts of vitamin A every day. And from foods that are delicious anyway. So I, I want to ask you, 
if the average listener is going to say, what is the difference between a pastured animal egg and, um, you know, chicken egg versus a non-pastured, um, you're still going to get the nu- same nutrients. Can you explain what the difference between, um, you know, a pastured egg and a regular? Yes. Okay. So uh, uh, most chickens today are raised in confinement. Even the organic chickens, uh, although their conditions are better, they're raised in confinement. Uh, a pastured egg is from a chicken that's outside in the sunlight getting green grass. Now, I, I don't want to discourage people if their only choice is a supermarket egg. This is still a very nutritious food and will be a source of vitamin A and D because they give these vitamins to the animals. Uh, but you'll get quite a bit more if the animals are raised outside in the sunlight. And uh, you will also, those eggs, and you're, you're talking about toxins here, uh, you know there's a lot of toxins in the feed that goes to the animals in confinement, particularly arsenic, which they're using more now. As they step back from using antibiotics, they're actually using more arsenic in the chicken feed. So um, it really is a good idea, if you can, uh, you never want to make an obsession out of this, uh, to try to get pastured eggs. And one of the things the Weston A. Price Foundation does is help you find these foods. We have over 500 chapter leaders all over the country, all over the world, actually. And if you go to our website, westonaprice.org, and click on Find Local Chapter, you can find a local chapter near you. And they all, all of our chapters keep a food resource list. And they can tell you where to buy the pastured eggs, either in stores or directly from local farmers. And Sharon, one of the things I wanted to say about vitamin A because I know that the focus of your show is on toxins. Mm-hmm. And even, even primitive people had toxins in, in their life. Uh, they were breathing smoke all the time, for one thing, because they cooked on fires. And smoke is full of free radicals, dioxins, etc. So there has to be something in our diet that protects us against these toxins, or we wouldn't have made it this far, right? And that, the main vitamin is vitamin A. It is our number one protection against toxins. It helps us detoxify. And so um, oftentimes uh, it's misunderstood that vitamin A does exactly that. Um, So I'm glad that you mentioned that, Sally. I want to go back and I want to talk about the USDA cows and chickens. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up was that, you know, it's – the food obviously is going to be much more nutrient dense if we are um, eating food that comes from the food chain the way God intended. Yes, um, yes. You know, one of the biggest problems even with the cows is that the cows are not um, made to digest corn and they're fed corn. So then we get stuck in the cycle with the USDA meats, um, beef rather, stuck in the cycle where they are fed corn. Um, Again, their bodies were not made to digest corn, and then they become sick, and then they're pumped up on growth hormones, antibiotics, which are all, you know, uh, which are all toxins as well. And then those toxins are then, um, you know, eaten by people and and, uh, accumulate within the body. You know, I would say that, yeah, cows are not designed to eat large amounts of corn and certainly not genetically modified corn. In nature, a cow would be getting some grain, especially in the fall, 
when the grasses are mature. But the amounts of grain that are being fed these cows are truly toxic to them, and uh, we and they're and they're raised in conditions of unbelievable filth. I mean, anyone who's driven by one of these confinement animal uh, operations, just you can tell by the smell. And think of the cows living with that all the time. We really need to get back to a grass-based animal production system not the industrial system and it's going to take time but the only people who can make that happen are us the consumers by insisting on grass pastured beef uh, pastured eggs pastured dairy products and again the Weston A. Price Foundation helps you find these Um, every food dollar that we spend is a political act and if we're you know if we're concerned about the kind of industrial agriculture we have today, we're not going to change it from the top, but we can change it from the bottom simply by voting with our food dollars. So important. Um, The chickens, that's another story. The the chickens now are, USDA says that chickens can be called free-range chickens by raising the door to the hen house two weeks after an egg is hatched and the chicken doesn't know to even go outside but yes they at that point and um you know this is just preposterous yeah right yeah affects and and without daylight affects obviously the health of the chicken you know i read something recently that really struck me that this um confinement system you know what made it possible was synthetic vitamins the manufacture of vitamins it wasn't until they did that that they could put these animals inside so this is definitely a two-edged sword here so they give them the vitamins i'm not sure that they are as good for them and as good for us as getting the vitamins naturally but you still have all of this problem with the confinement and i i, I you there yes yeah, I heard a little noise there. I read an article in our local farm paper. Now these chickens are under so much stress that they uh, peck each other and bite each other. So they take their beaks off, uh, which is very painful for them. But there's still a lot of problems. So now they're looking into giving the chickens serotonin <laughs> to make them happier. <laughs> well, oh, the wow. solution is to put them outside. And, you know, right. the, sad, the saddest is the pigs. And I I have a farm and we raise pigs and pigs are such wonderful animals and they're they do great outside. We have our pigs in the woods and it's just so sad the way they raise pigs. You know, they can't even afford to give them some straw to lie on. Uh they lie on wire and their excrement goes down into a pit and then they have to breathe all that uh their whole lives. Oh. Hmm. Well, we're gonna take a break, a short break for a commercial, and we'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Victory Nutrition International is a company that developed with the vision of truly transforming lives. Our liquid, multivitamin, and mineral is unlike any other on the market today. Designed by seasoned professionals, 
Using the latest proprietary technology, it is the only supplement that delivers more than 100% nutrition directly into your cells and changes cells in just five minutes. Most of us are not consuming the nutrition we need, which contributes to degeneration, deterioration, decay, premature aging, and disease. Please visit vnilife.com forward slash whole healthy living and order your sample today. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Whole Healthy Living with Sharon Brennan. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wholehealthylivingradio at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Okay, we're back, Sally. So what I thought we would talk about now is I want to really take some time to compare the traditional diets of our ancestors to, again, the standard American diet. There are so many toxins in the foods, and um, I'll let you run with it from here. (laughs) But I want to focus on the toxins and and how they affect, um, you know, our bodies and the food and so forth. Well, uh, may I start with milk and dairy products? Yes, that would be great. Okay, so not every culture that Dr. Price studied used dairy products, but some of them did. And these dairy products always came from cows eating green grass in the sunlight. They were completely natural. the, The fat was in the milk. It was not pasteurized, not heated, and then they also had butter, cream, cheese, fermented milk products. All of these were as natural as they could be. Now, uh, let's compare that with our modern dairy products. First of all, they come from cows in confinement, lots of chemicals given to these cows. Uh, Then they're pasteurized. Now, this does not, I won't say that this adds toxins, but it it transforms the proteins in the milk into something really quite toxic that the body doesn't 
has to mount an immune response. Also, all of the vitamins and minerals in the milk have certain carrier proteins that help you absorb these nutrients, and these are destroyed by pasteurization. So, for example, there's the same amount of calcium in raw and pasteurized milk, but the calcium is not used as well in the pasteurized milk, and there have been studies on this showing that in pasteurized Milk, that calcium ends up in your soft tissues where it doesn't belong and can do a lot of harm. So that's one really big difference. The dairy products that people did use were completely natural, whereas ours are heavily processed. And I mean, they're also homogenized and there's um, additives put in. So um, no wonder people have so many problems with dairy pro- uh, products today. And then moving on to grains... Um, there's this notion that we shouldn't eat grains because they're causing so many problems in people. And, but traditional people, by and large, especially in the temperate regions, ate grains, uh, wild grains, domesticated grains. And they did so after a long period of careful fermentation, like the sourdough bread or just soaking uh, they, the, the grains were eaten, they were quite sour, actually. And this is because grains are the hardest food in the human diet to digest, and they need to be kind of pre-digested by this fermentation process. Now, by contrast, the grains today are prepared very quickly with a lot of additives. There are dozens and dozens of additives in commercial bread. Or they are extruded. And I noticed you mentioned this in your introduction, Sharon. Mm-hmm. So this extrusion process is what's used to make breakfast cereals. And extrusion is high temperature, high pressure process that does the same thing to the proteins in the grains that pasteurization does to the proteins in milk. It warps and distorts them and makes them very toxic. And of course, breakfast cereals are a multi-billion dollar industry. Most children in America start off with breakfast cereals. They're full of neurotoxins. And this is one of the reasons I believe that children children have so much problem concentrating in school today. Well, not to mention the exorbitant amounts of sugar that are in the products as well. And, of course, in the supermarket ones, there's colorings and additives and so forth. But even the extruded breakfast cereals that you buy at the health food store are made by this process. And, And it's just... I call this extreme cruelty to your grains. Uh, Our motto is be kind to your grains and your grains will be kind to you. And we have people, it's gotten so bad that a very large number of people can't do any grains at all. And that's a shame because grains are nutritious and they should be a part of our diet, but they need to be treated with respect and prepared properly. And so extrusions, I want to also capitalize on extrusions and what exactly they are, are basically the machinery that shapes and forms the shape of the cereal. Right. And the industry is so powerful that they have been able to prevent any studies on extruded cereals from uh, appearing in the literature. But unpublished studies show that animals given extruded cereals uh, have shorter lives than animals given nothing. Uh, or there was one study where animals were given cornflakes and one group of rats given cornflakes and the other group of rats given the box that the cornflakes came in. And the rats that got the box lived longer than the rats that got the cornflakes. Wow. So you're safe, though, if you have granola, like a sprouted green granola. 
Well, actually, I, I would say the best thing for your breakfast cereal is uh, rolled oats or some kind of grain that you soak overnight in slightly acidic water uh, using lemon juice, whey, or yogurt or something to acidify the water. You soak that overnight, and then you cook it the next day, so you have your cooked oatmeal, and then you eat that with butter or cream, so you have your fat-soluble vitamins, which are needed for absorbing all those minerals in the grains. Uh, a sprouted granola... Um, will work for some people. It certainly wouldn't work for me. I'm very sensitive to grains. Uh, really, uh, for the ideal way of preparing grains is to soak them and then cook them, which is what traditional peoples did. And so a lot of this information that you're giving us today, that's in your cookbook as well. It is. It's in my book, Nourishing Tradition. There's also articles about this on our website, westonaprice.org. One of our big themes is um, proper preparation of grains. And we like to say that our diet, you know, so many diets, Sharon, say you can't eat this. You can't eat milk. You can't eat uh, grains. You can't do this. You can't do that. We like to say our diet is inclusive. Here's how to eat grains. Here's how to consume dairy products here's how to have wonderful sauces you can have sauces on our diet here's the kind of salt to have in in our diet Uh, you can have fats in our diet as long as they're the right kind of natural fats so we're a very inclusive diet we don't like to just exclude one whole food group and say you can't have this because i think um, on the long term you start to feel deprived if you can't have these various foods well, I think our traditional diets where we, we, you know, our ancestors had these traditional practices in preparing grains and preparing food, and we've just strayed from them because of convenience, and everybody being so pressed for time, they work all day, they come home, they have to get their kids, and may have multiple kids going in different directions, and so it's how convenient, how fast can we prepare something, and how quickly can we eat before the next activity begins yes and then the children are tired or sick or you're tired and sick and that's not very convenient right. you know i i think uh, moms need to kind of sit down and look at how they're spending their time and i have tremendous uh, sympathy for working moms my daughter works full-time and yet they have worked out how to get nutritious food into their children every day they don't do fast food they don't do restaurants or carryouts they do nutritious food and she she just does a lot of crock pot meals she makes a big meal on the weekends they can use for leftovers um, she buys uh, nutrient-dense convenience foods like pate uh, they drink raw milk and it can be done and I would say if a mom is so busy running here and there with her kids' activities that she has absolutely no time in the kitchen, I think she needs to think very seriously about whether all these activities are necessary. Right. Um, I know we practice uh, we practice uh, traditional habits within our household, and it really isn't that difficult to do. It does require some planning. Uh, yes. But other than that, it's. I find that it takes just as long to chop up some vegetables and, you know, make a healthy stir fry that it, than it does to, you know, order out a pizza by the time you go pick it up and bring it back and, yeah. you know, you could have prepared a meal. Um, so I think that it definitely can be done and 
that is what I would like to help people uh, and, and what I do is with my health coaching is teach them how they can prepare fast meals and even store them, freeze them. Right, and- exactly, exactly. I, uh, I think this is so important. Um, and as you say, it does take a little advanced planning, but uh, it can be done. And it's a great challenge for parents, but they just need to sit down and figure out what's Im- important to them. And the, the reward is that your children are going to be healthy, cheerful. Uh, you'll have a better family life. You almost certainly will have a better sex life. <laughs> and uh, it just, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it to put the effort in and to kind of educate yourself as to uh, what works and what doesn't. And that's exactly what I do is I try to educate people as to how they can do it. And again, it's just, you know, siphoning through the myths and misconceptions that are out there. And it really isn't that complicated. So um, I want to back up. I want to back up, though, here for a minute. And I want to talk about uh, milk again. Okay. So how what are your thoughts on flash pasteurized? I know I always gave my kids raw milk up until recently when my oldest son had some issues, some gut integrity issues, and I was concerned that, um, you know, the raw milk may exacerbate or potentially make his conditions worse. Um, So I went to flash pasteurized milk just to, uh, you know, make sure that if there were any pathogens within the milk that they were destroyed and um, it's my understanding that pl- flash pasteurization is a six to seven second process at 165 degrees and, um, you know, does enough to where you don't have that concern. However, the, you know, nutrients haven't been adulterated or taken out of the milk. Well, the, the flash pasteurization is a very unnatural process that warps the proteins and actually does not necessarily kill all the pathogens. We're getting very heat-resistant pathogens. Raw milk in California is an extremely safe food. Of course, it should have all the fat in it. That's an important part of the safety of raw milk. Um, if you're having some kind of gut issues, I just would go off the milk, but I think the flash pasteurization would make it worse. It's a very unnatural process. I mean, in your kitchen if you were heating milk you would heat it slowly on the stove flash pasteurization is being rushed by a super heated steel plate and it's just uh, completely unnatural so I, I really would not recommend it uh, if your son is having trouble with dairy I just would um, back off a little bit uh, keep with the butter and the cream and the cheese which are more digestible for some people but um, you know, good good dairy is a very important part of the Western diet. Okay, and another thought on grains. Mm-hmm. I I've read and heard that oftentimes um, that people are sensitive to the grains because of the funguses and molds that they have mm. um, from from storage. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely, and also uh, you know they use Roundup on most grains, non-organic grains, even if they're not genetically modified, they use Roundup just before harvesting. Uh, there's there's at least 10 toxins applied to grains from seed to storage. Uh, so, um, yeah, you, that you, first of all, you want organic, and then the soaking process will uh, neutralize a lot of these things like aflatoxins and things. 
So there are so many myths and, again, so much wrongful information coming from doctors and the media about fat and cholesterol. Um, I want to talk about that. So explain why our bodies need fat and what healthy fats are. I I agree. I think this is the number. Okay. All right. First of all, we could not exist without cholesterol. Cholesterol is the basis for our cell membranes to keep them of good integrity so we can have a different chemistry on the inside and outside of the cell. The cholesterol keeps our cell membranes waterproof. Cholesterol is the basis of our fat digestion, basis of the bile. It is the basis of vitamin D, of course. And sex hormones. Did, I think most people don't realize that testosterone, estrogen, uh, progesterone, all these sex hormones, they're all made out of cholesterol with the help of vitamin A. So, um, you know, cholesterol is essential. Adults can make the cholesterol they need, but children cannot. Mother's milk is very rich in cholesterol and has special enzymes to ensure the baby absorbs 100% of that cholesterol. And by the way, commercial formula has no cholesterol in it. Uh, uh, That cholesterol in mom's milk is needed for the proper development of the brain and the proper development of the gut, the digestive tract. And it is critical for growth. I mean, to make an enemy out of cholesterol, a villain out of cholesterol, it shows that we've just lost our minds, really. And then the foods that contain cholesterol are mostly animal fats like butter, egg yolks, foods like liver, the fats on meat, the fats on bacon, uh, and of course, these have been demonized. People think saturated fats are bad, but the body absolutely needs saturated fat. It needs lots lots of saturated fat, um, or it just can't function. And so if we don't eat saturated fat, you're going to crave carbohydrates because we can make saturated fats out of carbohydrates. So it does you no good to not eat butter if you're going to crave sugar, you know. And right. the thing about um, not eating saturated fats is we're not going to get the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, and K, that the body needs from these saturated fats. Saturated fats are satisfying. Uh, they um, they keep you from eating too much. Uh, they allow you to go for a long time between meals without getting hungry. Uh, I mean, we say the most important thing you can do, the very first step is to start using butter. Uh, go through your pantry, your cupboards, get rid of all of the vegetable oils and margarines and spreads and fake fat foods and just use butter. That's the fat that nature designed uh, to be the most nourishing fat on the planet. Okay, we're going to take a short break here, Sally, and we'll come right back and we'll talk more about fat because I think people really need to understand all the different myths about fat that are out there. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Relationship issues, anxious, parenting challenges, no more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk. 
with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Victory Nutrition International is a company that developed with the vision of truly transforming lives. Our liquid, multivitamin, and mineral is unlike any other on the market today. Designed by seasoned professionals using the latest proprietary technology, it is the only supplement that delivers more than 100% nutrition directly into your cells and changes cells in just five minutes. Most of us are not consuming the nutrition we need, which contributes to degeneration, deterioration, decay, premature aging, and disease. Please visit vnilife.com forward slash whole healthy living and order your sample today. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. are tuned in to Whole Healthy Living with Sharon Brennan. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to wholehealthylivingradio at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Okay, we're back. And Sally, I'd like you to kind of take over and finish up with fats here and <laughs> okay yeah uh, we say you need to get your fats right and so much misinformation out there about fats and if people knew realized all this is coming from the vegetable oil industry all the demonization of animal fats is simply them attacking their competition so what do we have in the industrial fats we have the liquid oils uh, you know, the cook, what they call cooking oils. And then they have the partially hydrogenated oils made with trans, that have trans fats in them. Uh, these are the hardened oils. Now, uh, fortunately, in the last five years, people have realized that these trans fats are really bad news. And the industry has tried to get them out of their products, but they're, they're still there to, uh, uh, quite a bit. But so what they've done is gone back to the liquid oils. Now, the reason they went to trans fats in the first place was because everybody knew that these liquid oils were extremely carcinogenic, uh, full of free radical breakdown products, caused inflammation. Uh, you know, they were just very, very bad for growing children. And so, but unfortunately, as people have said, oh, trans fats are dangerous, now they've gone back to the liquid oils, uh, which are probably worse uh, than even the trans fats. Now, uh, well, there's... One of, the things, one of the things that really troubles me is these restaurants now that say they're trans fat free. free yes. And what they're doing is they're taking oils such as, uh, you know, nut and seed oils, putting them at high temperatures. And yes. what happens is they actually turn to trans fats at high temperatures. Well, they don't necessarily turn to trans fats, but they break down and they break down to, into a kind of varnish, a kind of mm-hmm. gunk that is 
totally, I mean, talk about toxic. This is probably the number one toxin in the food supply. What they should be doing is what they did many years ago, which was fry in tallow. Tallow is beef fat or lamb fat. It's very, very stable. And I'm not saying that it's good to eat a lot of fried foods, but if you are eating fried foods, you don't want to eat fried foods that are toxic. And if they use the stable animal fats, then then that's fine. Um, we just need to use butter, not be afraid of butter. And the other big piece of advice I give to people is make your own salad dressing and use olive oil. Olive oil is the one liquid oil that is safe and healthy. And uh, make your own salad dressing with olive oil. And you can use the finest ingredients and make salad dressing. It takes a minute to make salad dressing um, for the same price as these very toxic salad dressing mixes Um, all you need to do is read the ingredients on these bottled salad dressings and i think you'll convince yourself you don't want to put that in your body so we say make your own like i was saying in my introduction half of them you can't even pronounce anyway that's right so uh, we say make your own salad dressing using olive oil use butter not spreads and margarines. And then for your cooking, uh, you want a stable fat. It could be olive oil, butter, a lard, bacon fat, uh, duck fat, uh, the, the traditional fats that people used. I like to cook in lard because it's very stable. And again, your local chapter can tell you where to get grass-fed lard, which is a, is a great fat for cooking. Okay. So... Um one of the things that I wanted to say about fat is that inflammation is the premise of disease. Yes. Right. So if we are not getting the proper fats in our diet, we have to have three types of fat within our diet. We have to have monounsaturated fats, saturated fats and polyunsaturated Mm -hmm. fats. And if we don't get these fats, our bodies cannot make the conversions to produce prostaglandins. And in order to um, properly anti-inflame, if you will, um, we have to, you know, have all three prostaglandins. And again, we can't make the conversions and get them if we're not having the proper fats in our diet. Uh, it's, It's so true. For example, if you're eating trans fats, your body cannot make these very important prostaglandins. If you get too much polyunsaturated fat, which most people are, uh, your body cannot make these conversions. And what's interesting is that the saturated fats are what, uh, they support these conversions. They help them to happen. They help you to retain the products in your tissues. Um, the conventional advice is that saturated fats are inflammatory and nothing could be further from the truth. The really anti-inflammatory fats are the saturated fats. Uh, saturated fats support hormone production. They support prostaglandin production. They, um, you know, they're just needed everywhere. So in my training, I was uh, I was taught that 60% of your fat should be monounsaturated fat, 30% should be saturated fat, and 10% should be polyunsaturated fat. Would- uh, I think uh, I would say it should be about equal amounts, monounsaturated and saturated. And but it certainly should be less than ten percent or less as polyunsaturated. But there's never you feel strongly in that you can't get too much saturated fat. Uh, really, um, for example, 
Well, one thing is when you're eating saturated fats like butter or mm-hmm. towel or whatever, you're getting those other fats too. This, the monounsaturates there, the polyunsaturates are there. Uh, the human in the human body, the proportions are about fifty percent saturated, forty percent monounsaturated, ten percent polyunsaturated. So I think that's a good rule to follow, and that's what people used to say back in the old days. They said, "Well, let's. Uh, it should be about what's in the human body." But, you know, I don't think you need to worry too much about the exact ratios if you're just eating natural fats. So that's, again, that's the butter, the animal fats, the olive oil. Uh, I would not overdo on the olive oil. I've had people say to me, oh, I eat healthy fats. I just use olive oil. But too much olive oil can be a problem. It can actually cause weight gain. So uh, we do use olive oil on our salad dressings, but um, the fats that in our house that we cook in are the saturated fats. Okay, and so what, can you tell me a little bit more about, I've not heard that, um, about the mono, and, or I mean about the uh, olive oil and weight gain. Well, when they, if you, someone who's overweight, they can do an analysis of their tissue, you know, their adipose tissue, their fat tissue, mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they take a little sample, and uh, what they find is that as you gain weight, what goes up in your fat cells is the monounsaturated. And same with cows. If you're feeding them a lot of corn, what goes up is the monounsaturated, contrary to what most people believe. And so this seems to be the type of fat that we store the easiest is the monounsaturated. Uh, so that's why we say in my book, Eat Fat, Lose Fat, uh, we caution people against using too much olive oil. Okay, that's good information. Um, so what other type of information is in your book? Uh, uh, nourishing traditions, right? Uh, no, well, on uh, the eat fat, lose fat. Oh, eat fat, lose. Well, that's a book that talks a lot about coconut oil. Now, coconut oil, as you know, is a saturated fat. It's hard at room temperature, and coconut oil contains some very important types of saturated fats called short and medium chain fatty acids, or you may have heard it as medium chain triglycerides. And these fats have very interesting properties in the body. Your body never stores them as fat, but they're used immediately for quick energy. So coconut oil is a great fat for weight loss. It boosts your metabolism because you use those fats immediately for energy, and you never store those types of fats in your fat cells. Uh, coconut oil has many other great properties. I mean, it does boost metabolism. It kills candida in your gut. It's uh, very good for digestive disorders. And we also recommend coconut oil for cancer patients because uh, coconut oil supports intercellular communications. And, of course, that's what's gone awry when people have cancer. Coconut oil is an amazing oil. And... I actually recently started using it to brush my teeth with. Oh, <laughs> it really, somebody mentioned that to me, and it really whitens and brightens your teeth. But, I mean, if you think about it, we brush our teeth to, um, you know, get rid of bacteria and things that build up in the mouth to keep our gums and teeth healthy. And, uh, you know, brushing with a fat, it only make, or with coconut oil, rather, it only makes sense that it would keep, you know, the pathogens yeah. um, to a minimum and... Yes, it's, it, it kills pathogens. Coconut oil kills pathogens. What I like to use coconut oil for is a substitute for coffee. I, I try not to drink coffee, and if I'm feeling sleepy in the afternoon, I put a tablespoon of coconut oil in a mug and a tablespoon of molasses and add hot water. I put a little bit of powdered ginger in there, and that makes a fantastic beverage for waking you up in a nice way without the caffeine. 
Well, every morning what I drink is I drink about eight ounces of coffee and then I put a tablespoon of, or I'm sorry, two tablespoons of butter. Oh, that um, sounds in, good. <laughs> yeah, I take eight ounces of coffee, two tablespoons of butter, and a teaspoon of coconut oil. Put it in my blender. You fire it up, and it makes a really, it makes it like a latte. Yeah. yeah. And it tastes great. I just, in the morning, I need that little burst of energy. I'm not a big coffee drinker other than one cup in the morning, but the fat also really gives you your brain some serious power in the morning. It, it and, absolutely does. And I'm yeah. glad you mentioned the brain, Sharon, because the brain is the highest, richest, the organ richest in cholesterol in the whole body. It's very high in saturated fats. Uh, the brain also contains a type of fat called arachidonic acid that we get only from animal fats. And uh, we need to feed our brains with the food that it needs, with its own components. And I... I mean, I think anyone who's tried this can tell you that if they start their morning off with a good high-fat breakfast with the eggs and the butter and bacon or sausage, uh, you think better. You you think better throughout the day. Yeah, I really, I believe that since I've gotten away from using milk in my coffee and switched to fat, people look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm far from fat and, yeah. you know, like I said, it... uh you know, it, it not only helps with my cognitive function and focus, but it also, by having that one cup in the morning, I go out for a run and I'm much stronger with my run because uh, one of the other things relative to fats that people aren't, aren't aware of is that, uh, you know, fat is the source of long-term energy. It is, uh, yes. And it, and it helps prevent blood sugar swings. Correct. So whatever you eat, even if it's something sweet, if it has good fats with it, uh, you won't get that big blood sugar spike because the fats regulate the release of glucose into the bloodstream. Right. So with that said, Sally, I want to encourage everyone to think about equipping their kitchen with a nourishing tradition. <laughs> I really think that it's a very powerful tool. Um, you know, the first third of the book really jumps into a lot of nutrition information that people just aren't aware of but um, the book is not just recipes but it's some very very powerful information about nutrition and again I think everybody's kitchen should be equipped with it if they want a uh, healthy healthy um, life but thank you that, thank you that said I really appreciate you having you on the show today Sally it was wonderful and I hope to have you back again soon. I'd oh, really we'd like love to come back. Yes, thank you. Like to get involved um, with the more political side of things and helping people understand um, how Weston A. Price is involved with that as well. Thank you, thank you. And well, by the way, I, I do have a Nourishing Traditions Cookbook for Children, and you can find that online or at bookstores. Um, which has gotten really great reviews. So it's a much more simple version of Nourishing Traditions. Oh, great. Well, thanks, and have a great day today, Sally. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Sharon. Thank you for listening to Whole Healthy Living. Please join Sharon Brennan again next Friday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great weekend of clean, whole, healthy living, and we'll see you here next week.